Hey, Freddie Wills here, back with another podcast. I want to apologize that I was unable to make last week's podcast. A lot going on at home. I was under the weather. My two kids were under the weather. They were staying home from daycare. So it was just a bit of a crazy week, but I'm back this week and very excited to say that uh, we are coming off two of our best weeks ever. Uh, 56.4% return on investment over the last two weeks. College football has been the biggest money maker, and you know while regression is likely, you know I'm hoping regression still means profit. I will say this that you know I'm not going to hit 65 to 70 percent against the spread over the long term. It's just not going to happen. I'm being very transparent here. So the past two weeks is is probably as good as it gets. I will say that the best time of the year for me when I make most of my money in college football and pro football is late November and into December during bowl season. So again, congrats to all my clients that took advantage of the two-week package that was going on the last two weeks. For $109, uh, you got two weeks of access guaranteed or your money back. Uh, And I hope you guys followed every single play because (laughs) a $10,000 bankroll player just made $5,600. So uh, it's been a really good two-week run, and we look to continue it. Again, it's short-term sample. I say the same thing when we lose. But uh, overall, long-term goal is to make profit over the long term, and that's what we've done over you know, a 12-year history of doing this. So going to continue back to the grind. And if you're interested in getting all my premium picks for the first time, if you guys are new listeners or you just have listened and, and never really gotten my picks – you can get them for free. All you have to do is write a review for this podcast on iTunes, screenshot it, and send it over to me, and I'll give you access for a week for free. So make sure you uh, check that out. We appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate your support. Uh, also, I, I you know I, I appreciate the thumbs up on YouTube if you can. I'm trying to grow the video podcast of this. Uh, it's it's going to be a slow <laughs> grind uh, compared to our audio podcast which has been going strong for i think eight years now so please uh do anything you can to help so i can continue putting these out uh the leans on my last podcast two weeks ago i think went six and two um we'll have uh, quite a few leans for you on today's show nine total leans so uh in one play i can tell you right now that there's a 90 percent chance i'm I'm playing it, giving it out to clients, meaning I'm putting my own money on it. Otherwise, these are just liens until I can dig further. Um, so we'll start with what we always start with. We'll back back out, check out last week's games, box scores, and tell you where I thought um, really just going over some of the key games and, and where we are moving forward. So Cincinnati, obviously, in, in the hunt for the college football playoff. They outgained South Florida last week and 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 they won the game but they've had some issues covering the spreads of late been in some close close games it feels like the pressure is building Um, part of the reason lately is that they've become a turnover machine they have six turnovers in their last two games i think that's kind of a red flag luckily they've also forced six turnovers or we would have you know probably seen an upset this week they'll host smu with obviously a ton of pressure as an 11-point favorite at home. Uh, the good thing for Cincinnati is Notre Dame keeps winning. Uh, Notre Dame is 9-1, and one, and obviously Cincinnati upset them at their own stadium. So uh, that's good news for Cincinnati, uh, sitting on the brink of a college football playoff spot. They really obviously need some help here. They really can't afford 
Ohio State and Oregon to run the table, although I think that, uh, and I'm hoping that they do. Uh, but back to this game, SMU impressed me last week against UCF in what was one of my only losses on the card. SMU very strong in the run defense, but they have not been able to force turnovers on the season, ranking 104th in defensive possessions ending in turnovers. So the question is, can Cincinnati clean up the turnovers? And if they do, I think Cincinnati can cover the spread here. No play, no lean for me because <clears throat> you know I'm looking for an opportunity to fade Cincinnati at some point. Although right now it's it's probably a by a uh, low spot, and then for SMU we've we've obviously we fade them the last two weeks. So as of right now, no official lean, no play there. Georgia, our free pick winner last week, and you can get those alerts by heading on over to FreddieWills.com, um, logging in with your Google account, your Twitter account, your Facebook account, an email, whatever, and then just setting up your profile to get alerts on my free picks. Or you can just look them at on the website, do one free pick per week. And last week was Georgia minus 20, a cover. Uh, just so you guys know, I am 75 and 59 over my last 134 college football free picks for a 10.3% return on investment. And uh, 60 and 40 over my last 100 NFL free picks for 29% return on investment. So over the long term, our free picks that we've been giving out to clients have been winners we give out one per week per sport typically so make sure you get those alerts uh you can get them by text message or by email by setting up your profile at freddywills.com so georgia you know they only outgained tennessee by 100 yards and typically i would say that that was a misleading final but this is what happens when you play super fast like tennessee does against a team that has more talent than you um, I always don't think it's you know a good idea to play faster when you're going against a, a team with more talent in a way. I mean, obviously, I know that's how Tennessee's offense is built, and um, but uh, you're just giving the team that has more talent more opportunity to win and cover the spread, and, and that was in my handicap. If you want to go and read it at freddywills.com backslash records, all my plays and records um, released at kickoff and always there for you to look at. You know, you can look five years from now, that play's still going to be there with my written-up analysis. Tennessee was minus in turnover margin and three for five on fourth down. You know, I, I'm still not a crazy believer in Georgia, to be honest. I know that sounds crazy because they're, they are heavily favored to win the national championship. Uh, in, ra- in reality, they have not been tested. The SEC East is very weak, and I maybe it's because I still I can't get out of my brain their their opening game of the season against Clemson where they won 10 to 3 because of a pick 6. Um I just can't get that game out of, and I'm not it's Stetson Bennett's great great quarterback. Is he a game changer? I don't know. I think teams can prepare for him. I don't I you know, <clears throat> he's extremely mobile um but I don't think he's the greatest quarterback. They're I can't believe they didn't go back to JT Daniels. Um they may before the season's out. Um, you know, I'm going to be looking to face Georgia at some point. I, I can't tell you that I'm definitely going to be fading them in the SEC championship game because uh, they'll be favorites. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think I could see them maybe not putting together their full game plan unless they want to kick Alabama out and not have to face them if there's an opportunity for them to get out of the college football playoff. All in all, 
Georgia doesn't face anyone this week. They get an FCS foe. Meanwhile, Tennessee will host South Alabama with Vanderbilt on deck, and they'll be a 28-point favorite. Going by how South Alabama looked against App State, you know, I would lean towards Tennessee minus 28 because they could have and should have covered against App State and couldn't. Now they're going up against Tennessee, who's going to play super fast. Uh, just seems like a beatable spread for Tennessee. Um, so I would lean towards Tennessee. I, I, I actually, back. I'm not going to call it a lean. Um, uh, I'm just saying that if you're going to look one way, that's the way to look um, because of how fast Tennessee plays, and they're playing a team that they obviously have more talent than. But it's a total flat spot for Tennessee coming off the Georgia game. So it, it's really a pass for me. Um, I, I won't play South Alabama either because they had a very misleading final. Um, this is what happened last week against App State. South Alabama, 21.5-point dog. They lost 31-17. to 17. Um didn't cover the spread, so uh, you know it was fourteen to seven at the half, and they were covering late, down twenty four to seven on the goal line before they threw a pick six. They also had numerous opportunities in the green and red zone, and App State held them to three for sixteen on third down and two for five on fourth down. Sometimes you know you have to take the points. Uh, you know I'm all for analytics. <clears throat> In fact, I use them to handicap a lot of the games, but that's not all I use. And I'm not criticizing coaches here because I think there's just such a pressure to be going forward on fourth down. If you don't, um, you're an idiot because you're not following the anal- analytics. Um, in my opinion, it's it's not always likely to convert, especially if you have a, a shit offense and you're going against a really good defense in what should be a low-scoring game. Like this game was you know, a low-scoring game. It was 14-7 to at the half. Had South Alabama gone for three field goals, this this game would have co- totally changed. App State would have played completely different as well. Um, now maybe they have more likely chance of winning by going for it and, and assuming that they're going to convert, you know, 50% of those. But when you have a shit offense and you're going against a really good defense, I don't think it's 50-50. It's a lot less than 50-50. And I feel like that's not being factored in where uh, teams are just going for forward on fourth down i like finding those teams that don't actually do that i think it's more predictable to predict the the outcome of a game and and honestly that's why i stopped doing teasers in college football because everyone's just going forward on fourth down and and there's there's just the the market's a lot volatile you don't know um these games aren't close because of that fourth down situation Oregon wins 38 to 24 over Washington State and I you know I was really impressed with Oregon because it was a spot where they could have struggled it was really a flat spot the week before Utah and while the spread was a push you know I, I leaned Oregon I, I unfortunately wasn't ever able to get it at 13 and a half so I didn't play it I still have them at 25 to 1 a ticket in my pocket to win the national championship obviously looking for an opportunity to hedge at some point uh, this team has one of the best offensive line in the league a very good running back, an elite wide receiver, and, well, Anthony Brown is the weakness. He's holding them back. Um, so, obviously, I'm looking to hedge at some point. But this week, you know, Oregon stepped up every time this season. They had a big game at Ohio State without their best defensive player and won. A big game at UCLA and won. Now it's a big game, arguably the game of the year, at Utah. They're a plus-three dog. Uh, listen, they get to prove whether they're not they're the number three team in the country. They're, a lot of people are saying they're not, and I'm sure these the players have definitely heard that. And we'll see what they do. It's time to put up or shut up. Uh, so I am leaning towards Oregon. 
this week. Um, whether I get to the window or not, I already have quite a bit riding on Oregon. Um, and I'll post over on Twitter my, my ticket at 25 to 1 if you guys want to check it out at Freddie Wills uh, for my Oregon uh, play. I also have uh, Money and Ohio State. Um, so looking for minimum of one of those two teams getting to the college football playoff uh, with an opportunity to hedge. I got Ohio State at plus 700. They're now plus 400. Oklahoma versus Baylor. You know, I'm kicking myself for not backing Baylor after stating multiple times in previous weeks how I thought Oklahoma was going to be in trouble offensively, going up against a good defense, and it, it clearly happened in this game. I did play the under in the first half in this game, and it cashed with ease. It was 7-7 seven to seven at the half. Baylor flat out dominated, and they'll head out on the road with plenty of confidence to face Kansas State in what is you know a key game as Kansas State can win. Uh, and and they'll have the tiebreaker over Baylor. However, you know they lost to Oklahoma in Oklahoma State, so it wouldn't really matter if they win this game. They still would need Oklahoma Oklahoma State, I think, to lose like to lose out. And it's not. I don't think it's necessarily possible with um, Oklahoma playing Oklahoma State. I think there's a slight chance for Kansas State to get in the Big 12 championship game, but not likely. Baylor still has a shot to get into the Big 12 championship game, and, and that's why they're favored here by a point. Kansas State, I think, plays spoiler. I'm leaning Kansas State in this game. For Oklahoma, they'll host Iowa State, who has had probably the most dis- disappointing season of any team filled uh, with the Big 12 championship aspirations. They will need to win this game and look for a ton of help as well. Um, they would have the tiebreaker with both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Um, so a win here, and they, they could they could get in because Oklahoma Oklahoma State plays each other next week. Um, I think they would need Oklahoma State to beat Oklahoma. Um, I'm not sure I have to look at those standings again. I know it gets a little crazy with all the parody going around college football. I love it. Uh, we never see that. We never see parody in college football. It's great for the sport. I'm very excited uh, to see what happens down the stretch. Uh, but for this this Oklahoma game with Iowa State, I actually lean again towards the under in the first half, 30 and a half. Listen, you can go look up my write-up against Baylor last week when I wrote that up. Um, it's pretty similar handicap. Um Oklahoma's offense is just they're they're just not the same as previous years. And at one point in the game against Baylor, they actually benched the true freshman Caleb Williams. So I mean, at least they're back at home here, but his confidence has to be shaken a little bit. Um and Spencer Rattler didn't look good when he came in. Uh so it does I don't think that part matters. Notre Dame 9 and 1 now. They crossed Virginia 28-3, but Virginia was playing without Brennan Armstrong at quarterback. I feel like Notre Dame has gotten a lot of fortunate um, matchups this year. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but with backup quarterbacks or teams with lots of injuries, uh, still they could easily be sitting at 10-0. and um, I'm thankful that Cincinnati is a team that beat them um, because they're not getting in over Cincinnati unless uh, Cincinnati loses, I think, twice. Uh, but since he's still outside looking in, I, I just don't want to see Notre Dame again in the college football playoff. Um, um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Notre Dame faces Georgia Tech at home. Georgia Tech has the capability of pulling an upset, in my opinion. I mean, they did 
beat North Carolina handily, and, and North Carolina was in the game at Notre Dame recently. Georgia Tech, at one point in the season, their numbers don't look great now. I have to dig into why, but they, at one point their their defense was very good against the run, um, and that's the first thing you have to do against Notre Dame. So and Notre Dame pr- probably not looking ahead of Stanford. I think that Notre Dame is playing with a chip on their shoulder, um, and Georgia Tech has Georgia on deck, so really probably not getting involved in that game at all because I do think Notre Dame has a chip on their shoulder and and Georgia Tech really probably looking towards Georgia on deck. That's a bigger game for them than this Notre Dame game. Oklahoma State sending a message. I mean, this, I had TCU this week. Um, They crushed TCU 63-17. They really didn't let the the foot off uh, the throat of uh tcu here uh this was just a week after tcu beat baylor so very impressive by oklahoma state it was one of those games where all the players got up for one week where tcu beat baylor and because their head coach is fired and, and they really obviously could not bring it for another week tcu is just very bad two for 13 on third down oh for one on fourth down and they did move the ball early and then once they got down big, they just kind of gave up, it seemed. Uh, they'll be huge favorites this week, week against Kansas in what would be ultimately the biggest buy low, sell high situation as Kansas upset Texas. Uh, we'll talk about that later in this podcast. Oklahoma State, meanwhile, goes on the road to face Texas Tech, who just won in dramatic fashion, 62-yard field goal over Iowa State. You know, I would have leaned, you know, I would have leaned probably I would have leaned towards Texas Tech this week at plus 10.5, but they're just off that major upset. Um, And the reason, I mean, Oklahoma State has Oklahoma on deck, so I still may look at that game. Um, But uh, somehow I I just don't see Texas Tech beating Oklahoma State at this point. Um, I did put a little money this week on just because of their path, and I think Oklahoma is very beatable. Um, Now they may have to beat them twice, uh, but they may not. There's an opportunity where Oklahoma State beats – if Iowa State beats Oklahoma and then Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, I think Iowa State's in. Uh, so we get a rematch of Oklahoma State versus Iowa State or uh, Oklahoma State versus Baylor, uh, depending on how it finishes out. So I, I put some money on – only 100 bucks, but 100 to 1 for a, uh, Oklahoma State to win the national championship. Wake Forest – Outgained NC State by 80 yards, uh, but the difference was third downs and penalties. NC State, 119 yards to 50 yards in penalties for Wake Forest. NC State, 3 for 14 on third down, while Wake was 10 for 19. Uh, Wake Forest this week's 4.5-point dog at Clemson. Uh, This seems like a fishy line to me. Uh, I don't feel like Clemson has any business being a a favorite, even at home against a really solid Wake Forest team. You know, I get Wake Forest hasn't played many defenses until last week, but they they put up 45 points. Um, You know, this is probably going to be Sam Hartman's uh, Heisman Trophy opportunity to have a moment in this game against a perennially dominant Clemson team that isn't as dominant this this year but their defense still is so a lot of people will respect if he goes out and puts up you know 40 points or or just is in a battle and has like a really good game statistically um you know so I I do lean towards Wake Forest I feel like they just got it done against the top defense Clemson uh, obviously covering a couple games in a row but I can't really respect it the way they covered against Florida State with the with the fumble late that just kind of ended up in the end zone on pitchbacks and then, you know, beating UConn 
uh, my home state. It doesn't really say much. So I, I don't know what to think of Clemson here. I don't know why they're a four-and-a-half-point favorite. i got to dig deeper, but definitely lean towards Wake Forest. I, obviously, Clemson still can get into the ACC championship. They need NC State to lose again and win this game, so maybe that's why they're favored because it's probably their most important game left on the schedule. But um, <clears throat> I, it's not like Wake Forest doesn't want to get into the ACC championship game, you know, leading that division. So this is this is going to be an interesting game. And uh, obviously Wake Forest can lose it still, I think. Um, well, no, they can't because then they would be tied with Clemson. Um, so they can't afford to lose it. Ole Miss dominated their game against Texas A&M. Um, you know, I, obviously, I think it was misleading. They win 29-19, but they, they really dominated that game. They were not able to score in the green zone. Ole Miss had over 400 yards in the first half and just had a 15-0 lead. Um, this was a game a premium play for me. I gave out Ole Miss plus three, so I was happy to see it come through, uh, especially after A&M dominated the third quarter. I was getting a little nervous. Ole Miss gets Vanderbilt this week, and you know I'm sure it's going to be all about padding Matt Corral's stats to help him win the Heisman. Teams and coaches say they don't care. If there's one coach that probably cares about a player getting the Heisman, I would think that it's Lane Kiffin. Um, I don't really like to play big favorites, but I definitely lean Ole Miss minus 36.5. It's a night game at home. I definitely would lean first half um, minus, you know, the minus 20 or whatever – the line sets up to be. Um, we backed Ole Miss last week, and you know I'm not as high on Texas A&M as others. I still thought that they were getting too much credit for their win over Alabama, and after the game, I think I proved I was right. I also heard rumors of Jimbo Fisher possibly heading to LSU to take the head coach job, so we'll see. I don't know how serious that is. Uh, it would be a very shocking move. Auburn loses 43-34 to against Mississippi State after they blew a 28-3 to lead. Um, what a collapse. Uh, after losing the previous week, Auburn now back-to-back losses. It's clearly a misleading final. Um, Auburn was outgained by only four yards, uh, but, you know, they had costly turnover. You know, I didn't watch a ton of this game, but looking at the box score, I can't really figure out what happened in the second half or how they blew this lead. It seemed like the special teams was a big issue, and Mississippi State had a lot of short fields. Um, Auburn, unfortunately, is clearly in – a flat spot this week, or maybe they're angry and need a win. Um, they got Alabama in the Iron Bowl next week, and they get South Carolina this week. They're a seven and a half point road favorite. Open up as ten and a half. No opinion here. I'm not really looking to back Auburn as a favorite of any such. So passing, and obviously we backed South Carolina a few times this week successfully until this past week where they lost thirty-one to twenty-eight to Missouri. Here's a nice one to talk about. Florida Gators. Wow. 52 points they give up to Samford. Um, I mean, it was all over social media. This was the week after Florida fired their defensive coordinator. So, it's. I mean, it is still shocking. But, um, you know, you expect maybe a bump from the players, but maybe the players didn't actually like it. Florida's offense scores 70, so they're lucky for that reason. You know, I feel like the entire world is going to overreact down the stretch. Dan Mullen really needs to bring it back. Let's just take a deep breath, take it back, bring it back to basics this week. I mean, they lost three in a row. They just embarrassed in a win, 70-52. And now, you know, 
playing an FCS foe, giving up 52 points. They didn't lose, but everybody's going to look at that game and be like, Florida's absolute trash, and they've looked trash. But this is a great buy low situation. You guys know I love those spots. It's been profitable. That's the reason why we're seeing Florida opened as minus 7.5, out to minus 9 against Missouri. Um, they do have Florida State up next, but uh, they're sitting at five wins. So I think the Missouri game is an easier game uh, than the Florida State game. Um, I expect that they'll bounce back against Missouri. I hate that this game's on the road, but I really think that they can control this game against Missouri. The defense that was embarrassed a week ago should step up here, and I lean towards Florida minus nine. Speaking of stepping up, uh, Washington, which we did give out, stepped up especially early, holding us, you know, seventeen to seven and twenty-four to fourteen lead late. You know, I gave out plus six on Washington to clients, and. Um, you know, I thought it was going to be a bad beat holding a 24 to 14 lead with six minutes left. You feel really good about the game. You feel like you're at worst, at worst. These are things that go through my head. At worst, Washington gives up two touchdowns, they lose the game, but we still cover the spread because they only lose by four. Arizona proceeds to score three touchdowns, including a pick six with 32 seconds left to go to go up 35 to 24. I go, well, it's a bad beat, and I bitched on Twitter saying that I never get. I'm never on those side of those things, which feels true. I feel like maybe we just it's just natural to remember our bad luck than to remember our good luck. Um, but I certainly will remember this one. Washington goes right down the field with 30 seconds left, scores a touchdown, we cover. They actually recovered the onside kick, and we're going to have a shot to win the game. Uh, very emotional, but you know you have to handle it the right way. You're going to watch game. If you're going to watch the games you put money on, you must never, you know, obviously bet more than you can afford to lose. And you know you just have to enjoy the game. If you lose and don't cover the spread, it sucks when you lose games or if you lose a bunch of games. But you know that's betting. There's highs and lows. It's a roller coaster. It's a grind. As long as you're staying disciplined with money management, um, like I do, like I recommend to all my clients. Um, you should be good. It's when you start gambling, betting too many games, um, chasing. That's when you lose money gambling. And most people don't have the discipline. I would say 95% of people just don't have the discipline in sports betting. I have friends who know I do this and talk to me about this, and they still don't have discipline. It's just crazy to me. Anyways... Washington, um, you know, I thought they were going to get a bump because they, they, they fired some offensive coordinators and coaches. They suspend head coach Jimmy Lake, and we've seen it all year long with with uh, teams stepping up in those situations where there's turmoil in their in their coaching room. We saw it with USC. We saw it with Washington State. Uh, we saw it with, um, I mean, really even LSU stepped up a couple games uh, of late. Um, I know Big Ed is still there. Um and there's another team, I can't think of it offhand, that fired their... Oh, TCU. We saw it with TCU uh, last week when they upset Baylor in their first game after the coaching. Well, now Jimmy Lake is out as coach, um, but this is going to be their second game, and they're going on the road. Um, they open up as a 5.5-point favorite and moved out to 7 at some places against Colorado. Washington may also be looking ahead to Washington State. Um, on the other hand, uh, they're four and six, and if they went out, they could get to a bowl game. But the question is, do they even want to go to a bowl game? Does this coaching staff want to hang around knowing that they're ultimately not going to be here next year? So I would say no, no, they don't want to go to a bowl game. No, the coaches 
you know, they're going to show that they care, but they're not going to be putting in max effort. Um, yeah, I'm going to wait to see if this gets to 7.5, and I would lean towards Colorado at home. A couple more games here. Uh, two, to be exact. Kansas upset Texas 57-56 in OT, thanks to four Texas turnovers. In all honesty, I, I have to admire how Texas came back in this one uh, because they were down 42-21. to uh, They came all the way back to force overtime. Teams tend to bounce back after embarrassing performances like this. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. This clearly falls into that bucket. Texas now 4-6 and six, in danger of not going to a bowl game, uh, which would be a colossal failure for, for Sark in his first year. Uh, they go on the road to face West Virginia. And it's crazy that Texas was ranked. I don't, I don't know what their highest ranking of this year, but I, I'm pretty sure they were in the top 15 at one point. Um, maybe before that Arkansas game where we, we had a huge bet on Arkansas. It was a play of the day, and they easily won and covered. Uh, this week they go on the road to face West Virginia plus plus three as a dog. I actually lean Texas. Again, I, these teams, they, they're in turmoil now, four and six. They need to win, um, and they could easily win out and get to a bowl game. Uh, but it starts here this week against a beatable West Virginia team. Uh you know, I, I I think that they just have to play clean ball, and that's a big question mark. Whether I get to the window with Texas or not, I don't know, but um, I probably won't even take plus three if I bet it. I'd probably just take Texas on the money line. Uh, last game, we're heading back out to the Mountain West. Utah State pummels San Jose State, holds them under 200 yards. Uh, they're in the driver's seat for the Mountain West uh, division to get to the conference championship game ahead of the Air Force and Boise State. Uh, they obviously lost to Boise State, so but they did beat Air Force, so they have the tiebreaker if they lose another game here. They really have a, a, a game lead. Um, they can't lose to Wyoming here at home. They'll be a five-point favorite. Win this game, and they're going to the championship game, I think. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, my podcast let, wraps up today's podcast. Again, um, another thing I didn't mention uh, subscribe to my premium pick newsletter. You'll get a premium play each week that clients pay for. So that's aside from my free picks that I give out that are have been 55 to 60% uh, in the NFL and college over the long term. So um, today's podcast leans that I talked about, Oregon plus three, Oklahoma, Iowa State first half under, Kansas State plus one, Wake Forest plus four and a half, Ole Miss minus 36 and a half, and the minus whatever it is for the first half, Florida minus nine, Colorado plus seven and a half, Texas plus three. Uh, so hope you guys enjoy some winners, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, probably do a podcast early in the week since it's Thanksgiving. going to be a lot going on. Um, I'm also going to be on another podcast next week, so I'll let you guys know about that more on my podcast when I do, do it on Monday. All right, take care and good luck this week.